And here we are, the NBA show. You know, this is like 114 episodes. We're over like 120, but 114 good quality episodes. But here we are. Lots to talk about. The Chicago Bulls are going up in flames, it seems. But that's probably where we'll start. But today we'll talk about a few things. We'll talk about the Chicago Bulls and the report that came out from the Athletic. We'll talk about Damian Lillard becoming the all-time leading scorer for the Portland Trailblazers. We'll talk about Shea Gelsius Alexander and the Oklahoma City Thunder. A little bit of Joel Embiid and Philadelphia 76ers. Some Timberwolves news and then wrap it all up with whatever's going on in the trade rumor mill as we approach the two-month, you know, Two months away from the deadline, basically. Hell yeah. Let's go, baby. I'm ready for – well, what sucks is, like, football is, like, really getting fun right now. Basketball is, like, still extremely boring right now. So, I think Don't say is, that. Don't say that. Like, it's not that it's boring. It's just – You sound like my games. old roommate. You sound like – There's too many old. games in basketball. You it's sound like my roommate. to spade. What's 82. Up? That's the point of it, okay? Why am I trying to watch 82 best? You have 82 to 120 no, 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 games. No, no, no. It's a fucking I, marathon. I agree with you because I love that baseball has 162. And I fucking hate say, that. That's too many oh, games. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> baseball said 82. That's too little. 160 or whatever it is. Yeah, it's 162. And, and you don't even play every it. team. You don't even play every team. Yeah, you, ooh, yeah, you don't. You know, you know, yeah. they're just about to start doing that in the first 110 years. It's or very, yeah, it's very weird, and I'm glad they're figuring that out. But and you're telling me baseball's no, got it right. You play 160 games and you don't play every single team. You, you yeah, yeah, that fair makes... points. I just don't cover baseball, so I don't, I can't, like, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to like even process, like, kind of how that works because I'm just like a enjoyer. I'm just like a casual enjoyer with baseball. I don't really like baseball. My girlfriend's dad's a very prominent high school coach. Like he's probably going to go up to the college level. Like he has multiple guys. Prominent, jeez. Yeah, like he has, I think, like twenty kids drafted already, and like he has Damn. like he has two in the majors and like fifteen in the minors, and the rest are in college. Shouldn't he already be coaching college ball? He like pushed it off because like wait until like all of them went to college. Jeez. So, like, he just applied to, like... How old is he? Like, 50, 51. He didn't start Damn, coaching. Damn, that's super young. What he the didn't hell? start coaching until, like, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. 51? Yeah, 52, Jeez. 51. And now he just, uh, this past offseason, he applied to be, like, I think, some, I think the outfield coach for the Marlins, I think. And then he also applied to be a community college or a low D3, I think, head coach. So it's it's weird though because from what my understanding is baseball schools aren't your normal schools. It's either southern schools or it's like coastal, like California, Florida, Arizona. Like yeah, those are big baseball states. Yeah, like those are all because it has to be from what my understanding. It's all the warm weather, year round warm weather states are the top, but baseball colleges, regardless of level, like it doesn't even like because he from what he told me he's like. This is we're not going to get into baseball, but yeah, like whatever. It's similar to golf. You, I mean, it's you're at a huge advantage if you can play it your yeah. own. You know, like how in basketball and football, regardless of it being like 
as long as you go to a power five, it's a good program. It's different for like lacrosse, baseball, and golf. Like it's the random schools would be like John Hopkins is the best lacrosse school. You know what I mean? And like East Coast you, runs lacrosse. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's different for every area of the sports, but this isn't a fucking lacrosse, baseball, or whatever. We're just going to talk about that. Unless you guys want it, go check out the lacrosse show on YouTube. Um, we're just starting off. It's brand new. You did? We're live every day, four to five. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I am. Well, let's talk about – so what are, what's your thoughts about the Bulls? Yeah. Have you read the report? Yeah, and I was so confused with the report because AK eight and Levine 6'5", so how can they see eye-to-eye if it's a three-inch height difference? That was such a bad joke. That's just like not – I don't – how is that even possible? So, yeah, it's – shout out Big Cat, but – Was that Big Cat um, who tweeted that? yeah. He's a man of people. I don't. I so I was I I saw something today that proposed this trade, and it was like that's not even. Like, what, no, don't even get to the trades. No, no, just... you're you'll understand it. Trust the process. You know, forget about the clips for a second here. Bulls fans will get what I'm saying here. It was like Kessler Edwards and Joe Harris and no pick for Nikola Vucevic, and they were saying you know blow up the Chicago Bulls and. I'm not quite there yet. I can understand. You know, we talked about this a little yesterday. I understand why people want to blow up the Bulls, but I really genuinely, and you can you can fact check me on this, I genuinely believe Billy Donovan's the problem. I don't – His job is – But safe. you know what? You know what? Let me, re- let me reword that. Billy Donovan is definitely part of the problem, but as we've been saying – all goddamn year, Zach Levine is not a franchise player. He's not um he's not a best player on a championship team. So, you know what? I don't want to rebuild, but if they get a good deal where you can't turn it up for Zach Levine, because look at this man. DeMar Will you Rosen. admit Patrick Williams has underwhelmed? This has nothing to do with Patrick Williams. This has everything to do with Billy Donovan, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nicole Vucevic, and the team effort overall. Billy Donovan is not a leader of men. He's a good, like, spokesman for a leader of men, but he's not a leader of men. DeMar DeRozan deserves so much better than this. Nikola Vucevic, the trade was a fail. I'll accept that the trade was a fail. And Zach Levine, what it came down to, we talked Would about Would you rather have Wendell Carter Jr. right now? All you have to do, if you – yes. If I want – I either had to pay Zach Levine an absurd amount of money that was not worth it or worthwhile or deserving – or I had to lose him. So if I can trade Zach Levine for half a King's clause, ransom, I'll do right? it. Doesn't he have a no trade clause, or does he not? I doubt he has a no trade clause. I, probably, I don't. I, think and, and if they're not seeing eye to eye, I will give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't know what the Bulls front office is. They've been like kind of MIA for a very long time now. I don't know what's going on, but Lonzo can't single-handedly fix this team. It starts with effort. Zach Levine is not the number one option on championship team. So if you can Uh, get a good trade offer, then I guess take it. So the Bulls have had multiple team meetings to try to work out their issues. And that has included one-on-one, face-to-face, sit-downs between DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, according to team and league sources who were granted a nominee because they're not authorized to speak publicly on team dynamics. 
DeRozan and Zach Levine have always had a strong mutual respect for one another. Only 10 months ago, they proclaimed that they were the best duo in the NBA. They maintain a good personal relationship, but their meetings have not led to in-game results so far with an on with a level of on-court stylistic tension simply festering throughout the season and being magnified, magnified due to the win-loss record. And from what it seems like is that there's more from league sources and team sources close to the organization said that Levine and the Bulls are not seeing eye to eye. Over the past few weeks, there's been a palpable feeling across various parts of the franchise over a disconnect between Zach Levine and the organization. And this has all been happening while, as you said, Levine's in the first year of a five-year, $215 million maximum deal. And what comes here is this is the third season of the Billy Donovan's tenure, which obviously we've seen a, you know, a possibility of him losing the locker room. Well, he That's, already lost it. So Now, what's the problem is it doesn't – like. I do believe, like, look, you got Vooch, who's extension eligible till June 30th, that they're just ignoring the fact, like, that he's extension eligible for four years. I think it's four years or three years. It's <laughs> four years. Four years, 118.2. And he's currently expected to enter free agency. And the problem with pivoting towards a complete rebuild is the fact that the 2023 first-round pick is top four protected and owed to the Orlando Magic. So they basically have to tank so bad that their pick has to be one through four, which obviously they got a one through four pick in this year's draft class. They're going to get either Scoot Henderson, I mean, Scoot Henderson, Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore in that, you know, conversation right there. Obviously. But Goran Dragic, the team's oldest and most experienced player, you like that I hit you with a burp back, didn't sugarcoat the team's problem following a 150, 100, 126 loss. Goran Dragic said, quote, we're not playing for each other. It's as simple as that. The veteran point guard's comments followed Donovan's from an equally candid post-game interview. Donovan has publicly challenged his star trio, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan through the media, and he's been more direct than ever Sunday. We got to get out of the mindset of worrying about scoring and how it's going offensively and realize the ball scores. And if the ball moves and passed, whoever scores, scores, said Donovan. Donovan echoed Dragic's sentiments that the Bulls are playing too individual, individual, individualistically and that the results won't begin to change until the team does. Jesus fucking Christ couldn't say individualistically. Individualistically. Jesus Christ, that word's hard. But, yeah, no, from what we're seeing right here, I don't know what's going on. Like, There's no leader. Who's my leader? Who is it? Who's my, it's not Billy Donovan. It's Lonzo Ball. It's Lonzo Ball. Uh, Caruso. Yeah, there you go. But if Caruso is my star leader. I've got some issues. What's up, Aaron? What's up, Nick's Tate? But what's up, Swaggy? I don't. What's up, I don't, Aaron? Okay, but no, I agree. The problem right here. Well, Demar's Demar's always been shown that to be a leader. I just don't. Yeah, think. he's more of a lead by example. You know, I don't. A, yeah, he's not an alpha. Yeah, there's no. He's alpha. good enough. I don't. I, I need Levine. Levine's my star player. I don't. Why think was Levine just... handed a freaking max contract? Why I does look... he have a max contract? All right, it's my turn. You can't. It's my turn. <laughs> no, but what I do really want to say is the fact that I don't think it's fire Billy Donovan season, but I will say Billy Donovan, your your rotation has been questionable. 
Okay, we got Drummond, who's completely quieted off a guy who's been shit well, getting, getting DMPs. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he was averaging a double double with 15 minutes a night. Bring that back because you know what defense leads to. I mean, not defense rebounding leads to good defense, and good defense leads to good offense. And the other thing is, you got Caruso, you got Desumo, you got Dale and Terry, who they're not even fucking using. I, I like we're not even getting. It's not like Johnny Davis, where Johnny Davis actually looks completely <laughs> like. Like I think everyone within the Wizards organization and Wizards fan base is fully aware that Johnny Davis might be a bust within the first two oh, months is. of his yeah. his rookie yeah. season. But Dale and Terry just is not getting opportunity. Like the like. Well, like I don't he, need him to get up. But he could he could be a small forward for you, a backup small forward. Could he's he? six seven. He's six seven. He's a six seven point guard. The reason he drafted him was because he could play point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. And he can guard all those positions. I have more issues with offense before this huge losing streak we're on right now. But we let's get the role defense. players more involved. But we're a top ten defense. So obviously losing Zach or Lonzo Ball is huge, but like if Zach Levine is my leader, like, be a goddamn leader. DeMar DeRozan's doing plenty. Twenty. If people didn't know, 26 points per game is a lot in the National Basketball Association. Zach Levine was handed with a cherry on top, this dog shit contract that made no sense for the Chicago Bulls, but it was either that or you lose him. So he's not an alpha, as Aaron's saying right now. I don't if, – if the Bulls want to recoup, if they want to recover from this, it's going to start with – my franchise player in Zach Levine. And I don't think Zach Levine is an alpha. I don't, I, I really just don't. So I do think the Bulls will recover from this. I don't see them being sellers. Every Bulls trade proposal I've seen is desperately doggy from non Bulls viewers. But the issue isn't Patrick Williams. The issue isn't Kobe White. It's not Lonzo Ball. Like none of those cases are necessarily helping them. But I don't think they should be sellers, but I, think I would they trade should, Kobe. Yeah, that I literally took. I think Kobe yeah. and Vooch should be guys that they, they should be looking well, at guys that are expiring contracts that give them. That, that, yeah, that's the only thing with Vooch. Like I would look expiring. at, I would look at Vooch and and Kobe and be like, hey, could I package these two guys and try to go get myself a defensive minded center like Miles Turner? I know that's so far fetched. But like, and it I seemed like he's saying that's what I'm saying. Like he's a defensive-minded guy. I don't know who you could get under the 17. We've heard they wanted Pirtle, but I feel like Pirtle is going to be a guy who's going to stay in San Antonio. It's just at this point, I think mm. having a defensive guy like a Mitchell Robinson, like obviously they're not going to be able to get. Yeah, Mitchell that's Robinson. why we wanted Mitch so desperately in the offseason. Then that's Mitch got him. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like a guy who all all he needs to do is grab rebounds. Drop coverage, rim protection, and then on offense, be a brick wall with your picks and run the rim and, you know, rim run and putbacks. I don't need, you know. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get that the defensive rim protection is is an issue, and that's why Andre Drummond should be playing basketball for this team. I get we have two number two options. I understand that. I understand it. But, like, I'm not ready to throw in the towel quite yet unless DeMar, like, forced to trade. I view our big issue as offense and, you know, the bench. But that's the scary is, part because you're supposed to be at least a good offensive team. That's what I'm saying. So, Zach Levine, figure it out. It's not the front office. It's not you guys seeing not eye to eye. Like, that can be its own thing. But, like, it starts with you. You're my franchise piece. We're paying you like a franchise piece. DeMar DeRozan is doing exponentially better than you, not only 
on the field or sorry, on the court, but like off the court as well, being our leader, this is why you are paid the money. Like you need to step up. So let's, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I, I don't think Vooch will leave. I, the Pearl is really interesting because Pearl has already expressed interest that he doesn't want to, like he's excited to test free agency. Miles Turner is very enticing to me. If we had a healthy Lonzo. Well, the, the Spurs can pay him more if they, he tests free agency. He just he's already expressed being excited about testing free agent, being a free agent. So I, I don't see him returning. Let's pivot. Let's pivot over here and talk about someone who can score, and he's been scoring all his career. So Damian Lillard this past Monday night passed Kai Jexer to become the most all-time, well not the most, become the all-time leading scorer of the Portland Trailblazers. Lillard surpassed Drexler's 18,040-point mark in the third quarter of the Blazers' loss to the Thunder. Drexler played 876 games for the Blazers. Lillard broke the record in his 730th game for the team that he was drafted by in 2012. Quote, it's a great feeling to reach the top. It's been a goal of mine. And the list has so many players. Great history of our organization. So to finally be number one is a special accomplishment that I'm proud of, said Lillard after the game. Quote, thank you, ESPN, for that. What do you think of these Portland Trailblazers that currently sit at 17 and 14? They're right now, you know, in at the seventh seed, but they've won more games than the Kings, but they've lost more games than the Kings, so the Kings are technically ahead of them. But they're right here, you know, in range of the playoffs. They're in the playoff talk more than they are in the play-in talk. You would say that they're – I'd say the Trailblazers, Kings, and Clippers are all on the same level. What was that other team? Kings, Clippers, Trailblazers. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe for now. I, I think the Kings will start to fall off a little bit and the Clippers will rise. Because there's there's a few tiers right now. The top four teams right now in the West are the Pelicans, Suns, oh. Nuggets, and Grizzlies. Then you got the next three teams are the Kings, Clippers, Blazers. And then you got the next group, which is like the Timberwolves, Jazz, Mavs, Warriors, Lakers. Well, the Kings kind of have a similar problem as Portland, and it's just offense, but, or sorry, defense. I think Portland really is just, I think this team is better than when they made it to the Western Conference Finals. I, I just, I need them to get a bench score. They're one and, of the best teams. And maybe a rim protector. Do you think the so I some first off Gary Payne not being back is also holding this team back from like their, their true potential. Yeah. But do you think when Gary Payne comes back, do you think it's possible that maybe they already have that off the bench score in Shaden Sharp and it's all about letting the reins loose on him? Because I feel like they, they kind of have the reins held back on Shaden Sharp and they're they're just telling the kid. Here you're getting limited minutes. Just don't do too much. Just do the little things right, and just go and take advantage of any openings you see. But I feel like if they really told Shaden, "Hey, buddy, we need someone to come off the bench and just score. Go out there, and we want you to put up ten shots a night in fifteen minutes." I mean, that's what he's doing in like twenty-ish minutes. I, I, I do think Shaden's a really talented player, but I. As far as a rookie goes, I'm not ready to put all my eggs into the shade and sharp basket as far as reliability goes. I know he's been battling injury, which is a huge factor to it, but like I still need some type of crazy, not crazy score, but I, I still need something off of the bench a little bit more than shade and sharp. I, I think 
Portland's issues are, are mainly on the defensive end. And I know they've been battling health issues all year, but we're getting to that point of the season where every team is going to be battling health and it's just kind of what team rises ab- above it. My thing with Shaden Sharp is I he's got a very f- bright future and even for this season, but I mean, Dame's 32. So I kind of need to figure this out now, not next year. Like they are set up nicely for a couple of more years, especially with the addition of Jeremy Grant and, you know, Anthony Simons. But I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm missing something. And it might be Gary Payton. It very well might. But I do think it also is a, you know, like even like a Nerlens Noel. Like I just think, I do think they're going to make a move at the deadline. And I'm very curious to see what it's going to be. Yeah, no. So over here, I'm looking. It's crazy to think about that. Shaden Sharp's best scoring month was his first six games in October. When he's healthy, yeah. Yeah. And he's I mean, been... he's still doing solid in his last like five yeah. or so. Yeah, no, 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 completely. He showed that he could be like a guy right now who could score 10 points, you know, yeah. a night in 18, 20 minutes a night. But yeah, I think Portland, they're a team that I I don't know. I, the other thing is it could be when they're fully healthy could be a shift. We've seen Josh Hart be able to be a scorer. So maybe, you know, right now they, there's Naz Little's been out, you know, and with injuries like Naz, Naz Little, who had that, what was that femoral head impaction fracture on his right hip. So the thought is, is when Gary Payton comes back and Naz Little comes back, maybe you do some lineups where Naz Little is in the lineup instead of Josh Hart and you have Josh Hart be that guy off the bench and he scores for you, or you insert Gary Payton in the starting lineup, and you have Josh Hart be the scorer. Because right now, as your fourth-leading scorer, I mean, fifth-leading scorer, Josh Hart's making 9.6 points, but we've seen him as a guy who can literally drop 17 a night, 20 a night. And do you not have faith as Josh? Consistently, no. He did it after the All-Star break when he was the only option. Yeah, the only issues is you have Dame taking 20, Simon's taking 20, That's what I'm saying. taking 15. You don't think, like, you have Josh Hart come off the bench and that way whenever Grant or Simon's gets a breather, you put in Hart to be the, the second option next to Dame? I, it, it's interesting. I, I think Hart's just so good on the defensive end as well. I, I, I still view Simon's as more of your kind of bench-leading scorer. Are you thinking that we – because they haven't done what you and I said in the beginning of the season. Yeah. We talked I think Gary Payton's a reason for it. You think so? So the beginning of the season in reference to what we're talking about was this was when we thought Gary Payton the second was going to be healthy was the starting lineup was going to be Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Yosef Narkic, and Josh Hart. But we thought Simons was going to be starter by name and that they start the game, he plays like three minutes, five minutes, and then they sub him out, put Gary Payton in there. And then when they go with the bench unit, Simon runs the bench unit most of the time. And then in the fourth quarter, they close games out with Simons. Yeah, I think that's the secret sauce. You think that's the plan? So they have Simons because they're paying him. They give him starter by name. And then literally in the first few minutes of the game, you sub Gary Payton in. And then you have Damian Lillard, Gary Payton, Yosef Nurkic, Jeremy Grant, and Josh Hart. And then you go and you – you know, you sub in, you sub in the bunch with Simons as the leading guy. Yeah, that would work. I I do one thing I really do like about Portland is their versatility, especially with their non bigs. I like I like the versatility that that they're going to be able that Chauncey's going to be able to deploy. So 
yeah, I think Gary is a huge X factor for him, but you know, it would be nice to have not a Clarkson because I don't need a Clarkson, not an Eric Gordon because I don't need an Eric Gordon. I haven't found that, you know, that bench guy that I, you know, it's going to give me 10 that I can think of off the dome, but. Thanks, Layla. But look, no, I agree. It's just finding it. I think, yeah, you're right. I think Portland's one of those teams that the only guy I like trade I've seen floating out there is if they traded for Nerlens Noel. I like it, yeah. So nothing against Drew Eubanks. I love Drew Eubanks, but it's just like, yeah, there, would you know, rather have Drew Eubanks or Nerlens Noel as your back? Nerlens Noel. There was that play last night, the final shot by Shea, that I just – I don't really – Eubanks got kind of stuck. He didn't really commit. Uh, that I think, you know, having a guy like Nerlens might be a little bit more beneficial. But I also like the, the fact that, you know, Drew Eubanks, he's from Oregon State. He's from Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. I love Oregon. It's like people from the East Coast. I forget that. Like I've learned that it's Illinois, but like you go to the East Coast and they're like, "Oh, you drive through Illinois." Oh, do they pronounce the S? Yeah, yeah. Because like I, when I first went to the, Kansas, I was like, "Yeah, dude, drive through Illinois is weird." One of my best friends back in Kansas is from Illinois. <laughs> He's from Galva, and. Yeah, you don't even know. You're from yeah, Illinois. That, yeah, he's from a farm boy, town of like uh, 500. And like they they have like snowmobiles to get in the winter to get around. Yeah, most Illinois is, is like that. That's what I view Oregon as. When I went to Utah, I we played Oregon our first week, and I was like, you guys ready for the game against Oregon? And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like literally, what are you talking about? The Oregon Ducks, the football game. Oh, Oregon. Yeah. I see. Oregon, Language yeah. barriers are cool. But Illinois. Illinois, yeah. You come out here, they're like, Illinois? Illinois. I want to go to Chicago and Illinois. Yeah, what the? I'm, I don't know if I've ever heard that. But let's pivot and let's talk about. Oh, am I still here? Okay. I froze for a second. Let's pivot and let's talk about Shea. What's your thoughts about the Thunder? I think they have the same record as like the Raptors. Good point, is The team is 13 I, I, and 8. I don't, I don't know. It's funny. I don't, I'm, I'm cautious. They got the same Thunder record talk. as the Lakers. I'm cautious with my Thunder talk because of the last Thunder clip. I kind of went at them. I still know you, Shea, is a long term option for the Thunder, but we'll see. I, what is the, the word? I want to hear, like, Thunder fans, because you got Josh Giddy, you got Trey Mann. Poku is a guy. Thank you, Layla. Yeah. I appreciate the love, Layla. But right now, I, we're looking at Poku, and he seems like more of a glue guy. He's definitely a role player in the NBA, at the very least. You got Lou Dort, who's a good defensive guy. Lou, you know, I, I got nothing against Lou Dort. I, I fuck with Lou Dort. I think he's doing everything right. And you got Kendrick Williams, which is their, like, Grant Williams, basically. You got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. You got pieces there. You got Shea. And it all just seems like they're Chet Holmgren away from being a playoff team. 
You don't agree? I mean, if Shea's going to drop 31.3 and four and a half rebounds and six assists and almost two steals a night, I guess. We'll see with Chad. It's hard to evaluate a guy who hasn't, hasn't played yet. But I like their guys like Jalen Williams, Trey so The Mann. ninth best scoring team in the league. But they're the 20th offense. Yeah, I mean. You got J-Dub, J-Will, Oseman, Bang. Giving you, yeah. I mean, this is a team J-Dub that played, right Yeah, J-Dub's played seven games. They attempt the, sec- the third most uh, two-point shots in the league, and they – Led by Shea, yeah. But they're the 25th in converting those. Okay, and they only get to the free throw line. They're 19th in free throw line. So for a team that shoots so much inside, okay, they shoot almost 60 two-pointers a game on 34 threes a night. First off, second in the league on field goal attempts. Like, let's just talk about that. Okay, second, six in, you know, in total makes, but 22nd in their field goal percentage. Old stats that just shows, like, this is a team. They're confident. They're shooting. This team shoots, okay? They're just not making their shots, okay? There's very few teams that shoot as much as this team. And the other thing is they're the eighth-best rebounding team. And they don't really – they're 18th in passing in assists. So, a lot of it looking like either ice or not a lot of catch and shoots. So, a lot of it either in transition or just – so, it's just what you're looking right here at this team – it's a team that definitely moves the ball quickly. They're uh, you can tell that by their pace. They're not getting to the free throw line at all, okay? And they're not converting on the shots they're taking. They're getting they're getting looks, but they're not converting on it. And the thing is, is they show signs of being a decent defensive team, top ten in both steals and blocks, okay? So for me, it just I think it comes down to just cleaning up. And they don't turn the ball over too much. They're like top 10 also in the amount of turnovers, only 14 a night. So, I mean, double digits turnovers is not what you want ever. But what's your thought? I think there's like signs of life in this Oklahoma City Thunder team. There's definitely a lot of signs. I mean, they could be waiting for a disgruntled star. I still think that they're better off doing one last tank here with Chet being injured. If Chet wasn't injured, we'd. I mean, they'd probably be right there around 500. But yeah, I to me, it just kind of goes around building around Shea and making sure Shea is happy. So I don't know, man. They're a lot better than I was thinking they were going to be, but there's still a huge drop-off. So I think they're probably still evaluating talent. They're going to take these wins as they come. But I, I don't really see it lasting the whole season, which is – I think they got their four starters, though. Shea, Josh, Giddy, Lou Dort, and when Chet's there, they got four guys who will start and will give them double-digit points. And it's looking like Jay Wills. Like, they kind of have a starting He's lineup really with – they got J-Dub. J-Dub's probably going to be your – like, if you really want to think about it, you could probably run on this team. Josh, if they want to go small, they could run Chet Holmgren, Josh, Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, and Shea. And they're like long, but also like a little small, but like long at the same time. Cause Shay, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, they're all like six five and above. And same thing with J Dove. And then you got Chet being the seven footer. Or you can run a line where you start Kenrick or Poku and Jeremiah. Like I think they got eight guys right here and nine guys in 
Like they like Darius Bays is probably gonna leave, but with Aaron Wiggins, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Kenrick Williams, Poku, J Dub, Lou Dor, Josh Giddy, Shea, Adam Chet right there. That's pretty good. And you got Isaiah Joe out there too, hitting shots for them. I like what this team has. A lot of size. But yeah, I do. I, I think that I mean when we look at their draft compensation, it still is absurd. So I, I don't think, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is not who I'm looking at, but like a guy like Cat, you know, maybe a guy like RJ Barrett eventually. I'm RJ saying, Barrett would be great. I'm seeing James Wiseman here. It doesn't make too much sense to me, but no, a, yeah. No, I it's yeah, it's a very it's an intriguing team. It's like a Bradley Beal. If like the 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 Wizards wanted a full rebuild, you could send like imagine Bradley Beal and Shea next to each other. I, they I got the package. That works at all, but <laughs> what do you mean? You got sixty points a night between those guys. Oh yeah, so much defense. I don't. Yeah, but that's why, like, if you trade away like Josh Giddy, Trey Mann. And like a few, like one or two other young guys, package some picks and send it over there. You got, you can like send them Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, and some picks. Get Bradley Beal. Maybe they send you over also over like Denny Appiah. And like, you're telling me you wouldn't like an idea of Bradley Beal, Shea, and Chad Holmgren? Not at all. That's a, that's a playing team at the very least. Well, that's cool for them. I don't, I don't know why I would need Bradley Beal when I have Shea, who's like exponentially better already. Well, like Shea and Bradley Beal would be your backcourt. You're telling me you would at Shea, Bradley oh, Beal. Why, why are we Shea just Nub. canceling out Josh Giddy? Yeah, you know, I would assume that like that would be the guy that like the Wizards would want. Oh, tough luck. Well, the Thunder would be the ones calling the the Wizards. Yeah, I don't see that. I'm just putting out here things. I'm just trying to be creative. You're clearly just denying my creative. I don't think they're going to get creative this year. I don't think so either. I was talking down the road. I think they'll do like the Mascalas. You know, I don't think a little, but. Well, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just talking this whole time. Like if they were like next year trying to take the jump and like the Wizards, if they were trying to implode. I'd rather have like Kuzma than Bradley Beal. So. Kuzma's walking. What if they do a sign and trade Kuzma and Bradley Beal? Still gets me back to the, the issue. I don't know what Bradley Beal offers me. You tell me you wouldn't like Chet Holmgren, Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal, and Shea as your core. You're not talking about I don't that. need Bradley Beal, so no. What's your Bradley feels better than Zach Levine? With, um, I'm a Wizards fan, yes, but Zach, I, who are you telling me rather have? Zach and, and Bradley Beal still isn't the best player on a championship team. Just He's never been on a championship team. Well, actually, he's been on a few. How did the Thunder become a championship team? Is it drafting a guy or is it no trading for a guy? I think a draft would help. I think maybe even a trading their draft pick would would help, but. I think this would be the last year that they draft a high prospect guy, but if they keep winning, they're not going to get as good of a pick to keep them, in my opinion. I think them having like three firsts last year is kind of the indicator that they're starting to take that turn. No disrespect to Bradley Beal. I just don't know what he offers me on the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Minnesota Timberwolves are winners of three games in a row. 
And I think the Timberwolves, like we said, they might be better without Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. And this is a team that through December, what have we seen, ladies and gentlemen? What we have seen right now is first off, in these games, you got D'Angelo Russell as the leading scorer, dropping 24 a night, dishing out five assists. Okay. Then you got Anthony Edwards. Guess what? He's averaging for the month of December three steals a night, six assists, being our lead facilitator, seven rebounds, 24 points. Then Rudy Gobert, oh, no cat, no problem. I'm going to learn how to score 16 points a night, 13 and a half rebounds, a block, and a steal and a half a night. Then Naz Reed looking like Montrez Harold on steroids, 14 and a half points, eight rebounds. A steal and a block a night. Then Jalen Noel continuing his six man of the year campaign, 13 and a half points. Jaden McDaniels, 10. Kyle Anderson, 9. And the Austin Rivers dropping 7. And Nathan Knight showing up and making an impact with 7 tonight as well. What do you think of these T Wolves on a run playing defense, being gritty, being undersized a little bit, and beating teams with their length and their grit and their D? I said this all all offseason how underrated Nasrid was. I don't get why. It's so actually obviously clear. We talked about this right when it happened and even up leading up to it. It's so obviously clear this is Anthony Edwards' team. I don't know. Car Anthony Towns, I have so many. First off, the issue is with me that he's averaging like four or five less points than he has in the last several seasons. So his trade value probably isn't as high as you would want it to be, but – I would trade Carl Anthony Towns immediately. I'm not necessarily sold on Rudy Gobert as a basketball player on a championship team, but I think he's exponentially better than Cat. I have I think Cat is extremely soft. I don't view Cat as anything more than maybe a third option. I don't think I think he's had his fun in Minnesota and you can tell with the body language, especially in the on, on the wind the wind sheet, how much better they are without him. So I think Cat just kinda and I actually think it might have been a blessing in disguise as injury because it's like, all right, yeah, Rudy Gobert makes us better on the defensive end than Cat. We don't really need the scoring more than Cat. So let's trade him for a King's Ransom. Because they, they have plenty of nice players. You know, McDaniels, the guys you were mentioning, Jalen Noel is really cool. You know, D'Lo has been having so much – he's been so much better with that Cat. Like, he's crazy. So – it's Ant's team building around him. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's interesting as all hell seeing how this is all playing out. And definitely with the fact that we made the joke that what if Tim Conley this whole time was just like, I'll figure out a way for the fan base to turn on Car Anthony Towns. We're going to trade Car Anthony Towns. And he's like, we're going to run Car Anthony Towns to the ground. Okay, either we're going to make him look bad or he's going to get hurt and we're going to make sure – that when he's hurt, we're gonna get better. And guess what? When he got hurt, they might have gotten better. They might have started to figure out how to play better. And I'm not saying trade car empty towns, but if someone came across and offered us a bunch of defensive players and shooters for car empty towns, like what if what if the wizard uh, Kuzma Yes, yeah, what I was about to say, no, no, what if the wizards are like we kind of want to put Kristoffs and Carl Anthony Towns together. What if, what if we I said, want KP. And no, don't let's, say the name Bradley Beal in the next sentence. Please no. don't. <laughs> Guess who Tim Conley drafted? Will Barton. Okay. All right. What if he's hitting them up and he's like, I'll take Will Barton off your hands. I'll take Rui. I'll take Kyle Kuzma. 
Okay, Will Barton, Kyle Kuzma, that's 27 million. You throw in Rui, I think that's 33. And I think you get a deal done, Carl Anthony Towns, for like, I don't know if I want Rui. Maybe uh, send me Denny. Send me Denny. Send me Denny. Nah, the Wizards need point guards, so they're not going to, they need Monte Morris. The, the, Wizard, the Washington Wizards need every single possible thing just to but fill you in on I, I'm a Wizards and a Timberwolves fan, so <laughs> I'm trying to give my teams a fair trade. <laughs> Okay, so Kuzma's already walking. So yeah, about. I'm telling you, Kuzma, Kuzma, Will Barn, and send me Denny Abdia. Okay, and we'll send you Caron through Towns and a pick. Well, we don't have picks, so but I'll also send... take Dion Wright. So no, you don't even need to give me a pick. I'll take Dion Wright. So I'm, you're giving up too many assets if you're the Wizards. Well, the issue with the Washington Wizards is they suck. So I don't. All right, know if they here I'll give you Jordan players. McLaughlin. And Carl Anthony Towns, and I'll throw in Wendell Moore. Okay. Awesome. And you'll send me Kyle Kuzma. What does Wendell Moore Del- give? Delon Wright, Denny Avdia, and Will Barton. Wendell Moore gives you another wing player who's young. You get yourself Jordan McLaughlin as a backup point guard, and you get yourself Carl Anthony Towns. But why am I even saying Delon Wright? Oh. The long right uh, to the yeah, Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad deal. I have some faith in Jordan McLaughlin, but I don't know if it's enough. Is it Mc, McLaughlin or McLaughlin? Oh, I'm not the guy to ask. I've heard both McLaughlin, McLaughlin, or McLaughlin. I will always say McLaughlin. I say so McLaughlin. It's probably, not. It's probably McLaughlin. 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 I've heard McLaughlin. Because there's also a kicker named Robert McLaughlin, I think, in like the NFL or Chase McLaughlin. I don't know. But at this point, yeah, like hopefully like that the, the Timberwolves are figuring it out. They can bring Carl Anthony Towns in. But I think Carl Anthony Towns definitely is a dark horse candidate to be traded at the deadline. But the Timberwolves are starting to figure it out because they're playing defense. They've got, you know, this two-headed monster and D'Lo and Anthony Edwards. And maybe that's the real – the real thing, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Rudy. That's the because think about the they have so much more spacing now. That's the big thing. This is all working out because the four is spaced because there's one big. I don't know. And then when Naz Reed comes thought, in, yeah, I don't know who thought Cat and Rudy Gobert was this. Do you move Carl Anthony Towns the six man? So because the reason why Naz Reed is working because Naz Reed comes in when Rudy Gobert comes off the floor and then Naz Reed can space the floor and do everything that Carl Anthony can do, do on a fraction of the dollar. So my thing is, is what if like that's the problem? They that just was, can't play yeah. together. That was the solution to this Timberwolves dilemma before they got injured that nobody else was a fan of was you have to bench Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and I'm leading work towards Carl Anthony Towns. So if you're going to bench Carl Anthony Towns, you might as well trade yeah, I mean, because the thought is, is if like, because you can't bench Rudy because he's there because they're so good with him defensively on the floor. But then you're like, why would you want Carlton Towns to be a six man? Because he's a scorer. So then you just tell him, here, come off the bench when Rudy needs a breather, and you just tell him to shoot threes and do his thing. So cats this thing that sucks, and it's called a bitch. And I used to have a Carlton Towns jersey. I used to. I used to. I burned it. <laughs> no, I actually sold it for $30 or I exchanged it for an eighth of weed. That was a smart call. <clears throat> Either way, it led to an eighth of weed. He's like a he's like a Christian wood <laughs> on crack. I just don't know what else he offers me outside of crying and 
That's why I said on Anthony Edwards, when we got Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards was the true savior we of the have franchise. To, but the fact exactly. that D'Angelo Russell's contract. playing so much better without Car- or Anthony Towns there, it's because there's space on the floor. Yeah. <sighs> and oh. I'm enjoying every second of this win streak that the Timberwolves are having. It's because there's space on the floor. And I hate to say it, if this is giving the execs a reason to trade Car Anthony Towns, then do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But I like what we're doing. We're actually starting to look like the team we thought we could be once we traded for Rudy Gobert. And it's because of this guy right here, D'Angelo Russell, fucking looking like the guy that was on the Brooklyn Nets. He's a stud, yeah. He's a stone-cold stud. And he's also a golfer, so he's even more of a stud. So let's go over here. Supposedly I don't talk enough about this former KU alumni. And I'm still on the fire Doc Rivers train, but Joel Embiid and the Sixers. James Harden's clearly, like, old. Like, the second best player on this team is Tyrese Maxey. That's no question. You You can't tell me that's not true. James Harden just can't create space like he used to. James Harden. I love James Harden. But this Sixers team is starting to pick up steam, and I think they are a dark horse contender. And they've got the pieces. I love DeAnthony Milton. I like Shake Milton. Starting line of tire. I mean, PJ Tucker is kind of weird. I don't know. Like he's good defensively, but offensively, you just kind of sign PJ Tucker in hopes that oh, you're getting another good defensive guy, but he's going to replace Matisse Thybulle. In terms of like your defensive guy, please guys. trade Matisse Thybul. But Matisse Thybul and PJ Tucker are the same thing now. Just two really good defenders. No, because one of them can do this thing called score points. But uh, PJ Tucker, how many zero point games that he added this season? I don't even care. PJ Tucker is exponentially more valuable than Matisse Shipwell. So for me, I'm liking what they're doing here. In terms of like they they have a bench they have the pieces, I what's holding me over the edge is this team really falls off when Joel Embiid gets off the floor, which you'd think having James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, that wouldn't happen. Uh, granted, they. Paul Reed, as much as I love him, he's more of a forward who can be a small ball five than a true backup center. So are you – like Drummond was like he didn't work out, but like the thought is, is like just having a second unit or a unit without Embiid to continue to take over games is I think what's just holding this team back. And like they have the pieces with Maxi Harden, the Milton bros, and Shake and DeAnthony. George Nian's out there. Say his name. Tobias Harris. There you go. <laughs> I, I, and I haven't I haven't brought up Tobias Harris here. I love Tobias Harris. I think Tobias Harris is having a career year defensively. And oh, and also offensively. Can I tell you his last five games? Go for it. Oh, okay. 20 points per game, five and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, one and a half steals, and the best part, 58% from the field and 55% from downtown. And 100% from the free throw line. So. But the Tobias Harris move the needle. 50-50, 100? 
Does Tobias Harris move the needle for you? I don't need Tobias Harris to move the needle for me. That's why I have an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid, a Hall of Famer in James Harden, and a rising young cat named Tyrese Maxey. And Tyrese Maxey and James Harden have played like half the year for him. So, um, Do you think this team would benefit from moving one of their starters to the bench? Like, obviously, Tobias' contract doesn't allow Tyrese Maxey is actually perfectly suited for the bench. That's what I'm saying. Do you think if you move DeAnthony Milton into the starting lineup or Shake? And you run, you know, one of the Miltons with James Harden, and because this team does lack a true backup point guard, they don't even have a true backup point guard on this roster. Yeah, yeah, I guess Milton and Milton kind of combine for one. Yeah, but like no one that's actually like a Cameron Payne or like a George Hill, even though George Hill's over the hill. But was George Hill ever a Sixer? He was, wasn't he? believe so i think yeah two years ago james harden's doing more than enough i mean harden just recently got back you know maxi's played half the year just like harden um my issue with the sixers is more so that james harden's on my team and i know he's gonna collapse in the playoffs but maybe his new style of basketball he won't but i don't know why that would happen so i don't i i think they're like perfectly fine right now as it is Tobias is playing phenomenal. Uh, you bring up some good points. I think D'Anthony Melton was a huge addition for him too. So, I, I mean, we'll see. They're sitting at 17 and 12, and they've won what? Was that five straight? Yeah. yeah five straight. So, five straight. I mean, they lost three straight before. I'm not that. saying that they're broken. I was, just no. not, I was just saying, do you think it would be beneficial if they moved like Tyrese to the bench? I, I do. I, I think Tyrese Maxey is a perfect bench player, and people take that so personally that I don't think he needs bench players. So yeah. And he can like, still close games. Exactly. He's still closing games. Yeah, I just I, think if you start DeAnthony, because De, I think DeAnthony is like a, a great starter, and he's shown in the games that he started that he's still he good. Yeah. And he he he's a really good complimentary player to get you rebounds, he'll get you assists, he'll get you steals. So that brings up my thought that, yeah, like Tyrese is still closing games. Ty- Tyrese will still probably play 30 minutes tonight, but do you think it'd be better yeah. if Tyrese leads that bench mob? And I, I been, I, yeah, I've been on that train for a minute now. That's why I think Jordan Poole is a bench player. I think Kevin Porter Jr. is a bench player, and people get so like personally attacked. I think it comes out of the salaries. People are like, you don't pay someone 30 bill to be a bench guy. And I'm just like, bro, like uh, – Contracts are going up to a point. Yeah, contract, like with the new media deal, like we're – the salary might not even matter what you're making anymore. It's just what role you fit best to help a championship team win. That, exactly, man. That's why Jordan Poole was so valuable off the Warriors bench. Like it's just something – I mean, he's makes, still coming off the bench. He just can't level. make a goddamn shot right now. Well, he's he's been getting there. He started the season right there. I get what you're saying. Now, let's uh, also – Matt Isbaya or Matt Isbaya? Isbaya? You white fuck. No, I'm just kidding. I'm he was on the uh, 2004 <laughs> uh, Izzo championship team for Michigan State. His Ooh. Dad, yeah, his dad founded this company called United Wholesale Mortgage. And he's he just a trust fund boy? Yeah, basically. 
yeah. His his brother owns another company that is like owns in a capital investment. But yeah, basically there there are rich kids who like they obviously increased their dad's company's worth and they took their dad's company public. But like, yeah, they they started out rich. Like they're 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 not Elon Musk who started with nothing but an emerald mine. You know. <laughs> That was just such that's a nothing. stupid joke. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Just nothing but a blood emerald mind. <laughs> but besides that, on the trade news, there isn't much going on right now besides what we talked about yesterday. Chumo KK actually suffered a knee injury. Again, we talked about supposedly Eric. We can talk about this real quickly. Eric Gordon and is more likely to be traded. KJ Martin, they expect to eventually move on from him, but as of right now, they're holding on to KJ Martin. And people have been calling for Jayshon Tate and Tari Eason, but they've been rejected any yeah. calls. Any calls that they've been calling for Jayshon Tate and Tari Eason, they said they are not. If, yeah, if, if you say you're getting Tari Eason, I'm blocking on Twitter, but then also Jayshon Tate is open to me. Josh Green, they are not trading him. They don't want to trade him because they believe Josh Green is the third most valuable player on the Dallas Mavericks, and he's, <laughs> he's the modern archetype for three and D players. And that's fine, and, but you have this guy named Luka Doncic. Now, besides that, I think we have. Oh, last thing, we'll just touch on this because this came out the other day, and we didn't really talk about it. Lakers' dream scenarios to acquire <laughs> one of Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, or Bradley Beal. My dream scenario is two billion in the bank, three houses in different countries. I own several sports teams. I have a smoking hot blonde wife. Blonde, couple of kids, mainly boys. Mainly boys. No, I don't like fake tips. Really? Have you ever had a pair? We got them removed. Uh, it's that time. Wait a minute. Put this blonde with fake tits in the back of my SUV, Bentley. And she sucked me. <laughs> oh my god. Is this uh, Daniel Tice? No. Wait, did that say he's in the East? Yeah, he's in the East. He's under the age of 30. Where's the number lower than 27? He's below 6'8". And he's a forward. Um, I think I know who it is. I, oh, I know who it is. It's a guard, right? I think he's a twin, too. I think he's a shooting guard. And I feel like he used to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder – the fuck is hair like is this, this Evan Fournier? Oh, is it? I don't think so. Who is it? Who is it? Was that who you thought it was? No, I, I know who it is. Um, I'll, I'll just throw out Aaron Neesmith. That's so not Aaron Neesmith. Dude, it's already a Pacer. I, I chose the Pacers. It's not a Pacer player. I'll give you another guess. Are you throwing up a smoke stream that it's not Evan Fournier or it's not Evan Fournier, like seriously? Okay, well, because if you guess Evan Fournier, I will, I will have been more happier. No, I'm guessing time. a twin. I'm guessing a twin. 
Oh, then that's um, I'll go with Cody. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take half points on that because that's what I was gonna guess. It was. Like, no, it was you're thinking Caleb. No, I think Caleb has dreads right now. Yeah, or, or braids. I knew it was either Cody or Caleb, but I was pretty sure it was Cody. It's the problem is is I I forget which one is which. Does that make yeah. sense? Like I forget if Caleb's the one on the Heat, which like now obviously, and Cody's the one on the because they both started out on the Hornets, right? Yeah. And we beat them. My, we beat them in my freshman year. What team did they play for? Nevada. University of Nevada. That's what I thought. Were they like top recruits? They were hugely successful at the University of Nevada. No, but I want to know if they were like four stars or five stars. Um, Considering they went to Nevada, I'm going to go four star. Hey, what's up, Nick? They originally went to NC State, though. Yeah, and that didn't work out. They're four stars at best. Yeah, four stars or three stars at worst. They were from Charlotte, dude. They were. Oh, wait, no, he's not Charlotte. They're from Virginia. Charlotte's a um, superior. They were at four stars. They were four stars. Yep. Let's see what Caleb was. I always want to know if the twins ranked lower. Whoever was born first was superior. Four star, both four stars. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. You're going to hold that up? I mean, I won a national championship, bro. It's better than the fucking Gayhawks. Oh, yeah. How many national championships says Sister Dean got you? <laughs> I'll tell you how much. Um, the bitch is going to die with no championships. I don't like Sister Jean as a human being, so you can make fun of her as much as you want Why? because Why? she's a piece of shit. Why? She's anti Nick can Nick can elaborate. Nick, why? Why? Whenever Nick makes Jean, his debut, I'm sure he can. Why is Sister Jean a cunt? That was the word choice I was going to use. Oh, uh, Sister Jean got to see one national championship. Probably because she's like 278 years old. She's so how did COVID kill her? She lived through COVID. It's because we had to get fucking triple vaxxed and triple jabbed and. Double masks. Sister Jean just like was just she was, walking around in a bubble. Just like when she was growing up. Double wrap it. You have to double wrap it. I can't get pregnant. The old Nick Sag is 1963 change. Why are the Edison apartments calling me, Nick? Oh, shit. Dude, this is my apartment. All right. That's today's show, guys. I'll see you later. Right. Bye. Have fun. All right. I'll see you Thursday. Oh, yeah. Bye. Okay, Good job. We'll do tomorrow. <laughs>